bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of judgment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people... Up, nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. <laughs> I just wanted to remind you. Um, so... Where is by the way, I've been meaning to push this for the longest and it's finally here. June is what national home ownership month and only 25% of African-Americans in the city of Milwaukee own their own home. Despite we make up over 40% of the population. This is why the award-winning 1017 The Truth is proud to announce our first annual home buying seminar Wednesday, June 14th. Presented by Axe Housing and BMO Harris Bank. We will be having home buying coaches, mortgage advisors right here on site to break down the home buying process and to get you pre-approved for a loan. So limited spots are available. Go to 1017thetruth.com to secure your space today. Make sure you sign up for it. Make sure you show up for it because I think it is going to be something you Need to be at, especially if you're if if you're remotely thinking about buying a house and you're not even ready, get the information. If you are ready, then you can go forward and get pre-approved and start looking right now. So make sure you stay aware of that. Number five. A man was shot and killed by police in the early morning hours of today following a pursuit that started after a traffic stop and domestic violence incident. According to investigators, 
Mount Pleasant police received a call about a domestic incident where shots were fired around 10:10 last night. The suspect for that incident left before cops got there. Hours later, Racine police attempted to do a traffic stop of the suspect in the city of Racine. The suspect ran away, led officers near Clayton and Howell, Howland uh, avenues, and authorities said the suspect attempted to hide from the police, was ultimately located in order to surrender. At the media briefing today, a racing official said the suspect refused to comply with orders. And as officers approached the suspect, the suspect shot at officers. Officers exchanged gunshots with the suspect. And as a result, he was fatally wounded. Interesting. That's like the second or third one that uh, has gone on in the past couple days. Number four. Well, more than 20, if you were working like, so I was on the air last night and we had reports of this calls for reports of flames at a wood factory in Washington County in a slinger along highway 41 southbound came in around 7 30 PM upon arrival. They noticed a piece of equipment and mulch fire, a pile that was on fire that rapidly spread to larger mulch piles, stacked pallets, before entering the building near the interstate. So I saw pictures of this live on DLT cameras. Um, uh, 511, uh, I can't remember. Oh, 511wi.com or .gov, one of those. And uh, you can see the DLT cameras, right? You can go through and see. And the fire, so if, if you know anything about Slinger, it's like everything is up. You know, when you drive, the highway is up. When you look over, you can see houses sitting on tops of hills, right? And then you got to drive down. The fire was at least five feet higher than the trees. It was burning that much. From a distance, you could see all the green shrubbery. And then above it, you saw the flames. It was that high. And then I found out stacked pallets. So once it hit the building, they said they worked to contain the fire. They shut down the highway for an hour. Because all you saw was black smoke. That on top of the Canadian fire that's got the moon and the sun looking really weird in the morning. And um, at this point, there's no, no reason for it to get warm outside because you can't go out and breathe anyway. So, eh, oh, well. Number three. Green Bay will be the smallest city ever to host the 2025 NFL draft. Packers confirmed they have a population of 106,095 people. And that's probably how many people are going to show up to green Bay. <laughs> so not to mention the players, not to mention coaches and family. So my thing is, can I get a hotel room now in 2025? Because that's what it's going to take. People will be saying it'll be like the RNC or the DNC in Milwaukee. People have to stay in Green Bay just to just to go, drive two hours. They're going to have to stay in Milwaukee and then drive two hours to Green Bay because they don't have enough rooms. But then again, they can hold a Packer game, right? But that's only how many people? 50,000, 60,000? I'm pretty sure there's going to be more people than that for the NFL draft. I, I can't hear you, so you're, you're just talking and having a conversation with me, and it's like, what? I mean, I read lips, but I don't read lips that well. I'm just saying. So 
This details for the 2025 NFL draft will be finalized, but the Packers say the main portion of the event is expected to take place on Lambeau Field and the Title Town campus. Several venues will be utilized nearby. Announcement was made at the NFL Spring League meeting in Minneapolis. Green Bay will be the smallest city ever. And Athletic reports that last month the draft in Kansas City brought 300,000 Payball. No, no. I'm wrong when I said that. Just fans. Just fans. For the draft? Just fans. So if you can imagine the people that actually have to come, plus the media that has to come, and then on top of that, fans. I'm buying a house in Green Bay because I'm renting that baby out. Is that making me some money? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. That's definitely a lot of people. Number two. Well, Disney just started, you know, everybody was talking about DeSantis and Florida and how, you know, Disney's going to take care of them. Well, CNN is reporting a third wave of expected layoffs is underway at Disney and employees impacted by the cuts are being notified this week. More than 2,500 staff are expected to lose their jobs across the latest wave of layoffs in what is anticipated to be the last significant round of cuts that were previously announced by Disney CEO Bob Iger. It was not immediately known which divisions would be impacted by the latest cuts. And of course, they declined to comment. So does this sound like a company that's going to take on the state of Florida? I mean, they kept saying, we're not going to build our billion dollar business. Well, you don't have enough money to build your billion dollar business. So your, your billion dollar building that you were going to upgrade and all that in Florida. So if you're laying off 2,500 people, I mean, that's what some companies do to have the money to build stuff. But if you're not going to build it, why are you laying people off? I mean, I'm just saying, why are you laying people off? Number one. Well, I'll tell you this from Fox6.com. Milwaukee Police Chief Jeffrey Norman and Milwaukee County District Attorney John Chisholm announced today charges against a violent group of individuals. On November 30th, 2020, 17 year old, excuse me, Lorenzo Williams was shot to death on Milwaukee's northwest side. Officials say this sparked a nearly two-year-long feud, resulting in the loss of life and serious injuries as groups of individuals engaged in a social media feud act of retaliation that resulted in, get this, 100 non-fatal shootings and at least 25 homicides. The loosely affiliated groups lacked the traditional structure of a gang, and Milwaukee Police Chief Jeffrey Norman and Milwaukee County District Attorney John Chisholm announced charges against this violent group of individuals. Chisholm said in many ways it made the investigation prosecution of the cases much more difficult. In August of 2021, the incidents were brought to an assistant district attorney to case manage or law enforcement brought all of their similar cases to one team to prosecute so they could see the full scope of the crimes. Because of this action, officials say they've identified, arrested and prosecuted. How many people you think? Just pick a number. How many people? Pick a number. 50? 50, 61. 
61 people, 61 men accused, associated with this crime spree, and 30 juvenile offenders for a total of 91 people. Crimes range from homicide to attempt homicide, reckless injury, weapons offenses, stolen cars, and much more. Chisholm applauded the work of the Milwaukee Police Department and prosecutors from the Violent Crimes Unit. He said, it's my belief that the focused effort has disrupted the dynamic and led to accountability for those who've engaged in these serious acts. Chisholm also highlighted a disturbing trend that happened during this time frame, the rise in the use of converted semi-automatics to fully automatic. Between 2017 and 2019, my office issued four cases involving fully automatic weapons or machine guns. Since 2020, they've had 70. The damage done in this community has been substantial. The message has to be sent that violent behavior will be held accountable and remain committed to working with the community to ensure that the conditions exist to allow a safe, healthy, and prosperous and prosperous community. And so here's here's the issue I have with that, Mr. District Attorney. Uh, election year must be coming up. Because in the past few years, you've been releasing people. So here's my question. How many of those people, of those 61 men and 30 juvenile offenders, were actually in custody before and you let them go? Or committed crimes that you didn't prosecute. Let's start looking at those. Let's do some open records requests for those. I have a feeling. I hope not. But my thing is, I always want you to prove me wrong. But then again, if I'm right, well, that's on you. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Milwaukee is considered a hub for human trafficking, and it's important that we bring this serious issue to the forefront. This Thursday, Tory Lowe will host his award-winning Missing Persons special, where he will address this head-on with professionals in the field to speak with families who've been impacted by a loved one going missing. So, tune in. Tory Lowe Missing Persons special this Thursday from 1 to 4, right here on the award-winning The Stupendous, the magnanimous, the phenomenal 101.7, the truth. You know, I was looking at uh, today, Claude McKay passed away today um, in Chicago, Illinois. Jamaican born, born in the British West Indies. Um, he was a poet and a novelist whose home to Harlem, written in 1928, was the most popular novel written by American black at that time. Before going on to the U.S. in 1912, he wrote two volumes of Jamaican dialect verse, Songs of Jamaica and Constab Ballads in 1912. After attending Tuskegee Institute and Kansas State Teachers College, McKay went to New York in 2014 and contributed regularly to The Liberator then a leading journal of avant-garde politics and art. 
That's pretty cool. Langston Hughes died on this day in 1967 in uh, New York City. He's an American writer who was an important figure in the Harlem Renaissance and made the African-American experience the subject of his writings, which ranged from poetry to plays to novels and newspaper columns. His parents separated soon after birth, and he was raised by his mother and grandmother. And after his grandmother's death, he and his mother moved to half a dozen cities before reaching Cleveland, where they settled. He wrote the poem, The Negro Speaks of Rivers, the summer after his graduation from high school in Cleveland. It was published in The Crisis. You know what The Crisis is? Hmm. You got to. I think I need a week of black history that's not black history. Anybody know what the crisis is? 833-212-1017. Help us is out. I know what it is, but I want everybody to see. The crisis is, no, I'm not going to say. See if somebody knows. See if somebody knows. I think it was cool because he actually attended Columbia University in New York. And so... I think that's pretty cool. I'm a Langston Hughes. You know who Langston Hughes is? I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a definite fan. So, yeah. So I like to I like to look at what's going on, particularly in the day. Just kind of go through and see. Um, what's happening in black history? What was going on in black history, things that were said, things that were talked about, things that were um, given. So, yeah. 833-212-1017 is the number. Um, hey, hey, Doc, Tori Lowe told us Chisholm is trash a long time ago. Well, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> LT say, yeah, we still won't be hosting a Super Bowl anytime soon. So we've known that these murders and violence wasn't just willy-nilly as it was reported. You have outside communities just thinking people are getting shot for no reason at all over Milwaukee. Well, yeah. And they won't hear what Chisholm just said either. All they'll know is that there was a shooting. That's all they know. Oh, my God, I'm scared to come into the city. I mean, people are terrified. I said hello to a woman the other day. I thought she was going to, like, jump and run. And I was like, Really? And then it dawned on me. Oh, she's scared. <laughs> Fon said, Green Bay is not a city. It should have been the Milwaukee Packers. Milwaukee ain't small. Milwaukee City population is more than Atlanta and Miami. Yeah, but I don't know if you can count Miami because Miami's kind of spread out. And I'm I'm gonna be honest when I say this. I only know one person. No. Two people. One is a bureau chief in the police department who actually used to live here in Milwaukee. And the other person is like is from Milwaukee and lives in Atlanta city proper. Everybody else I know, nobody lives in the city. I go to some places in Atlanta and I think there's literally all black people here. And it's like being in Menominee Falls or Slinger. You have majority black and then a few white people sprinkled in. That's why I don't like going to Atlanta all the time. 
because then I want to stay. <laughs> it is. I mean, you know, we argue and complain, which I never understood why people in Milwaukee complain about segregation. It's the most segregated city in the country. So, is that a bad thing? Is it really a bad thing? Is it really a bad thing that the city is segregated? I don't think so. I like living around black people. I like waking up and looking around and seeing black people. Just like people on the South Side like waking up and seeing Hispanic people or white people. I have absolutely no problem with that. If you live in Mequon and you live in Mequon because you think the city is bad and you want to live in a suburb and it's predominantly white and the, the cost of living is ridiculously high, and all, knock yourself out. Can I move to Mequon? Sure. Brookfield? Sure. I don't want to. I want to be centrally located. I don't be able to go places and go shopping and go eating and live and not bother with that. Wondering who's following me. Getting followed by sheriff's departments and city cops and other places. You get tired of it. That's why I don't go to Greenfield. I got stories from Greenfield. Getting followed, plates run, which is okay because I'm on the street driving. It's their prerogative. But at some point, you get tired of it. You get beat. And it wears you down. But then I remembered, hey, you want to raise a family here? You want to work here? And I'm not going to let them beat me. So I didn't. Which just then gave me fuel to do 10 times as much just so we wouldn't be considered equal. They would always know that no matter what, we're not equal. More of The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. laughing at me dancing i'm not even dancing i'm just got my sway on hey, i like to see uh, it hey. what you mean you like to see it like i don't know how to dance yeah you can i like it 833-212-1017 is the number you're listening to truth in the afternoon with Rhea riley <laughs> she making fun of me y'all you hurt my feelings you hurt my feelings 
Gonna say so. So. <laughs> 833-212-1017 is the number. The caller said separate but unequal treatment is what segregationists fought, burned, and murdered to maintain. True. Yeah, many of them were Democrats. Okay, actually, all of them were Democrats. But And so I find it unconscionable that black people don't know their history. And when they try to change it, they say, oh, well, that was a different party. Uh, that was a different or though they those Democrats became Republicans, and that's not what happened. And so I think there needs to be a discussion about things Lyndon Baines Johnson said about black people. What all these Democrats said about black people. Like they had to like if you read his autobiography of Lyndon Johnson, some of the things he says in there are just unconscionable about black people. Like, there would never be a time I would put Lyndon Baines Johnson, or for that matter, John F. Kennedy's picture, because he didn't like black people either. But we have the audacity to put, who is it, Martin Luther King, John F. Kennedy, and who is it, like like Malcolm X on a three-way pitch? Absolutely not. I don't think so. Give credit where credit is due. Take it where it's not. If you say that we really want to do something, he said, Southern Democrats were conservatives. Okay. What's a conservative? And show me where that said that. Because I'm going to tell you something. I know some seriously racist people today, and they're Democrats. I know some seriously racist people from years ago, from decades ago, and they were Democrats. I know some seriously racist people from 50 years ago, and they were Democrats. Republicans are going to be Republicans. But we've denigrated the word conservative, and conservative and Democrat don't belong together, just like Republican and liberal don't belong together. I say it's okay to be conservative and it's okay to be liberal. It's when you become Republican and Democrat that it starts to, this creates this fissure between people. And it starts to make people believe and do things that are just ridiculous in the guise of following the party. But then if you look at what the party stands for, the party has never really given us anything on either side. I think it's unfortunate that in order for the Civil Rights Act to pass, Republicans had to give it teeth. I think it's ridiculous for for the uh, MLK monument in Washington, D.C., for them to talk and argue and fight over it. And then, what's his name? Tommy Hilfiger came in and gave $25 million and then turned around and the Republican Party had to pass it in Congress and fund it. That's ridiculous. That, that upsets me. I'm bothered by that. We have the capacity to take care of our own stuff. We have the money to take care of ourselves. Trillions of dollars that we have in our pockets to do whatever we need done. Take care of our community, build houses, create everything. It's the government that creates all these rules, some good, some bad, mostly bad, that stops us from being able to do anything. You try to build something in an automatic 
district and now all of a sudden you got to, well, I don't want this and I don't want that and I don't want this and I don't want that. Nobody asked you, alderman, alderwoman, but now we got to put up with that. We're about to tear down 794 and people in the suburb, how are they supposed to get to work now? Drive all the way over west. Is that why you're expanding uh, 94? Add more lanes? Because you knew you were going to tear down 794, which means you're going to tear it down all the way down to Layton, all the way down to Pennsylvania, all the way down to the end. So how do I get to work now? I work downtown. I can take 794 straight downtown. Nope. I got to drive 20, maybe three, four, five miles to Interstate 94, get on that with all the other backed up traffic, and then go all the way downtown. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I like the idea until you put it like that. Well, they, they only want to tear it down so they can get money to build houses for more taxes. Which would help the budget, no? It would help the budget, but none of it is our, in our community, so we don't get anything. Still keep coming up short. Every time. 833-212-1017 is the number. Shirley, you're on the new 1017, The Truth. How you doing, Dr. Ken? I'm good. How are you? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Just getting off work. Okay. <laughs> I can't say anything that what you said was wrong. Everything you said is right on point and right on the money. Um, I can't disagree with anything you just said. And I never, you know, when you said white and black people have these pictures hanging in their houses, I never understood why my mother and father would have Linda Johnson, Kennedy, and King. Well, King, I can understand, but right. why would they have these other people up in there? I never understood it. Right. And I couldn't wait for the day when I could take those pictures and throw them in the garbage. And I threw every last one of them. I'm sorry, King, but um, I just I, I was sick of looking at them. And I threw, coming to her house, seeing them up there, and I threw every last one of them in the garbage. And, and so far as they think that Democrats can't be uh, racist, man, those are the ones. We know what the Republicans are, but the Democrats, you know, they they hide it, or at least they try to. But now, I mean, they're pretty much out in the open too. Very true. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, what and, what? How do we get out of these groups what we need, or do we just bypass them and just do whatever we do, and not bother with it? Ooh, that's a hard question to ask, Dr. Ken. Mm-hmm. That is really, really hard because we have not been able to do anything thus far. And that is really, really a hard question to answer. I don't know. Um, we may, you know, have to do what we do because we cannot. I mean, there's two birds of the, I mean, there's two feathers on the same bird. Well, you know, that's true. I don't know. I don't. I, I honestly don't know. And you know, I'm an avid uh, voter, but I'm getting to the point now where I don't even want to vote in a presidential race now because it really doesn't matter. 
I keep telling myself that it do, but I don't feel like it do. I don't feel it. I, I think I prefer to vote on a local level. But local level is what impacts your life the most anyway. It's almost like Absolutely. when things happen locally or or when somebody wants control locally, they just point to the national election and say, hey, that's important. And it almost takes your eye off the ball to realize that your quality yeah. of life and what you're complaining about comes down to the people that are right here in this city voting. The, pres- the president doesn't control how many how much taxes you pay locally. Nope. But yet, whenever we have an issue, they keep pointing and then they mention Trump's name and then we lose our minds and take our eye off Uh the ball and they just pass whatever they want. Uh And the Republicans do it and the Democrats do it as well. You're 100 percent right. You you haven't said anything wrong. And like I said, I don't know if I'm going to. And, you know, my 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 older sister, well, you're giving up a vote. I mean, uh, even if you don't vote, you're voting for the wrong. It it means that you're you're voting for the wrong. But that's not true. (laughs) But that's not true. You you live in America. This is just my point of view, my perspective. You live in America so you can decide to vote or not to vote. That's your prerogative, and it's your choice. As an American, you have that choice. Sometimes not voting speaks loud, but you don't get to, you don't lose anything, especially if you're a taxpayer. You don't lose anything because I pay taxes, so you got to listen to me no matter what. Yeah. Dr. Ken, I don't but that's think just I me. won't do this. Well, you need to vote. Time. You need to vote. I'm, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth now. You still need to vote. Yeah, you are. What? But if you decide, but if you decide, but listen, stop telling everybody. If you decide not to vote in a certain election, don't vote. It's none of their business. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it, it's just paying the same for black folks. It really is. It's not making a dent anywhere. Well, it, it is. It is. It's a small, small dent. No, no. There are a significant number of black people that are going to school, graduating from high school, getting jobs, buying houses, all that. We keep they keep pointing at the ones that don't because they control the media. They're in charge. They're the gatekeepers of of what stories make it on the TV news, what stories make it on the radio. So we really don't have any control. That's why they're trying to get rid of TikTok. And, you know, things like that, too. You know, I mean, I can't stand listening to um, uh, CNN or or, or NSNBC. It's all the same thing. All of it. Fox News. It's all the same thing. They tell the same story. But it's entertainment. It's entertainment. It's not news. Yeah. News is at the top and the bottom of the hour. Everything else is entertainment. I think we forget. Sean Hannity only has the power people give him. Mm-hmm. Um, Wolf Blitzer only has the power that people give him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm, man, I would rather look at stuff on um, um, YouTube or TikTok. Or no, maybe you don't. You gotta li- no, you're wrong. You got to listen to the truth. Man, I'm plugged in. Man, you better stop playing. I'm plugged into this every day. All right. I'm, 
If it ain't Sherwin, it's uh, Tori. If it ain't Tori, it's you. Um, I kind of miss uh, some of the other smaller ones in between. But, man, I'm plugged into you guys every day. I appreciate I'm proud that. To say it. Thank you guys for doing what you do. I, I, I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you much, Shirley. Thank you, sir. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 833-212-1017 is the number. C-No said, Dr. Ken, who is they? Um, like I said, white people that control the media newsrooms, the managers, the assignment editors, the people who make decisions on what stories air and don't, the producers and executive producers. You know, they. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. can do other than anything else i can sing i can sing seriously <laughs> you're listening to truth in the afternoon this is one of my cocks now gotta let it roll if we see they don't know nothing about that music yeah i'm lost inside of you that's called al hudson featuring well, technically, it's one way featuring Al Hudson. But you know, somebody that wrote it in there didn't know the. Yeah. Anyway. One way had some pretty good lead singers, Alicia Myers. And yeah, buddy. 833-212-1017 is the number. Joy Reid and Hannity never report her story the same way. Miss Shirley must never tune in to Joy. Well, yeah, they do. They do it from their point of view. And they don't report on stories because they are not journalists. They are commentators like me. I'm a talk show host. If I write a story and do a story, then it should be read and done in context of who, what, where, when, why, inverted pyramid, the way journalists do. When you start to give your comment about it, it's no longer journalism. It's commentary. And it's okay. It's entertainment. But understand, those two folks are entertainment. 
They None of them work for the news division at the particular companies that they work for. They're in entertainment. They're hosts. And it's okay. Say different things, hate on each other, fight each other, whatever. But in the end, recognize what that is. That you're going to have to go to some significantly in the middle places in order to hear news that's unbiased. And the bias comes in even in what stories you choose, right? If you choose one story over another story, that's bias. It's not bad, but you need to at least recognize that bias is built in and it's okay. And if you decide to do that, you do that. That's all I'm saying. It's pretty simple. It's pretty, e- pretty, pretty easy. Hey, want to let you know from CNN Business, Nigeria today commissioned the Dan Gott, Dan Gott, D-A-N-G-O-T-E, oil refinery, considered a game changer in ending the country's fuel imports. This is from Lagos, Nigeria. Outgoing President Mohamedou Bahari commissioned 650,000 barrels a day capacity refinery at the Leki free trade zone area in the commercial hub, Lagos, in an effort, in an event attended by some West African heads of state. Worth $20 billion, a giant refinery was built by Dangat Group, which is owned by Africa's richest man, Aliko Dangat. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Aims to produce 53 million liters of gasoline per day, as well as 4 million liters of diesel and 2 million liters of aviation fuel daily. That should help that country come out of their any financial issues they may have. Speaking at the event, he described the refinery as the world's largest single train refinery. It's expected to solve some of Nigeria's petroleum issues, despite being an oil-producing nation and one of Africa's largest oil producers. Nigeria lacks the capacity to refine its oil, and a large number of these products that exist in Western African uh, country are imported from other nations like India, Belgium, UAE, and the Netherlands. But now it sounds like because they lack refining capacity, that presents challenges such as spending billions of dollars on imports, and now they'll have their own. So congratulations to Nigeria. You got a problem with Nigeria making it all? Okay, all right. <laughs> You're listening to Truth. She had this look on her face like, ooh. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Tori Lowe's show is coming up next. Thank you for hanging out this Monday. Thank you, Rhea. Appreciate you. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. So you had to remind me, didn't you? Uh, whatever. Tori Lowe's show is coming up next. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. God bless. Take care. I'm out.